0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Burnell's 1-1 pitch. This one Towards it. the right center field gap just the way it should be rolling all the way to the wall dylan cruz around first he's gonna round second the pro just to the cutoff man and he will have a triple sliding in safely at third base still- dylan cruz Mr. Incredible Dylan Cruz with a triple in yesterday's uh, game-clinching national title win over Florida LSU national champions again. Welcoming in now to Sports Talk, Mark Etheridge, SEC writer for D1Baseball.com. And Mark, I got to imagine the whole scene in Omaha yesterday was uh, pretty excited and brimming with purple and gold.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, what a great performance, uh, both by the team and the fan base. I mean, it it was definitely a uh i guess unparalleled uh turnout you know they really the stadium holds what 25 000, and there were a huge portion of that wearing purple and gold and it just kind of took over the city and that you know that's kind of a cool cool deal because you know when you have a team that's our program really that's that's had such great success and you build that, you build that, and build that, it serves as the kind of the role model and, and the example of what can become for a lot of other clubs out there. And, and, and I do think that, you know, it was good that the whole country, you know, got to see that on the national stage.
1: Now, Mark, I, I look at SEC's dominance, how sports are a priority, to say the least. And you look at SEC football, and you're going to have the expanded playoffs and all that, but... I think you already have the expanded playoffs considering you consider you have eight teams that can go to Omaha that you're almost shocked if you don't have at least three teams. Uh, You can maybe have half of the teams from the SEC, but uh, maybe uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think as dominant as SEC football is, you look at George Alabama and obviously in these parts with LSU, but I, I, I think uh, Southeastern Conference baseball is even more dominant than SEC football, considering, you, you know, you look at like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, you go back to Vanderbilt, whatever it might be. Well, so, so what's your take on that, that it's not pie in the sky and you being a homer when you consider preseason predictions and where LSU was ranked and the old SEC as a whole when all of a sudden you might have six out of the top ten from the SEC that's just the way it is. Uh whether you can accept it or not uh, around the nation.
0: Yeah, it's it's all about commitment and administra- both from administrative standpoint, from a fan base, from uh you know the budgets and able to to bring in the top coaches uh now in today's world, to bring in, you know, transfer portal guys and freshmen and people want to play in this in these atmospheres. And, and because of that, it's you can see, I mean, a lot of the talent is funneling to, I don't know, 10, 12 different teams and a lot of them are, are within the SEC and as a, as a result you're seeing you know, you're seeing championships and you're seeing just this unprecedented run of, of titles in Omaha and finals, appearances and all of these things that, you know these superlatives that, that we can rattle off and it all comes down to it, you know, the SEC says it just means more and you know, that's really true in so many different ways. It's, it's all about how much that that uh, you you pour into those programs to to be able to provide these kinds of opportunities for players, and as a result, you, you see that you see the results.
1: Now, uh, Mark, I'm looking at obviously, you know, you get spalled because uh, from an LSU perspective, it's always uh, Omaha or Bus, considering with Skip Bertman establishing and Paul continuum continuing in '91, '93, '96, '97, 2000, 2009. Uh, winning national championship, and um, much like the 2009 team, uh, this year's group had to win Game 3 after losing uh, Game 2. And usually it doesn't happen. Uh, If you look at 10 series that happen, 70% of the time you lose Game uh, 2, you end up uh, losing uh, the championship. But uh, how do you break this down? I mean, I I look at – I've watched uh, a number of LSU baseball games considering – you know, I was a young man in 1991, 93. So I've always followed LSU because my dad, in his grave now, uh, uh, bleeds uh, uh, purple and gold, or maybe probably just purple. Uh, that that he would be like uh, whoever LSU's playing, uh, and and he'd be like, "Well, Dad, I'm you know I'm doing the radio, and and when I hope Tulane has success, he goes, I'll tell you what, I'd cheer for Russia over Tulane." Okay. Uh, to show you how uh, crazy he was about the LSU fighting Tigers. But just looking at where LSU's at right now and what they accomplished and the expectations, when you're preseason number one and then you're able to have some adversity, then you're able to still be number one when all's said and done. I'll look at it. In eight games in 10 days uh, in Omaha, LSU had seen it all. Uh, I lost to number one Wake Forest, uh, put it back against the wall in the loser's bracket. And then the ultimate duel, I mean, this was unbelievable. I love great pitching. God, I don't know, maybe because I throw the ball, whether it was a football, whatever, I throw I throw it forward. But the ultimate duel between two of the nation's best in Paul Skeens and Rhett Lauder, how can you not love that what occurred there? Back-to-back 11 inning games, one of whom runs by Tommy White and Kate, Kate Bales- Balesso, I mean, what? That's like almost like movie, like what LSU was able to accomplish.
0: Yeah, it really was, and you know, you know what's the most impressive part to me about this whole thing is, you had all these, you know, program guys, guys that had been there three, four, some of them five years, and then you had your superstars, you know, your three-year guys that are going to be high draft picks like like Cruz. And then you had all your freshmen, I mean, just a star studded freshman class. And then you had your selected transfer guys who just came in and made, you know, expected to provide immediate impacts. It would be really easy to have a lot of backbiting and jealousy and, hey, there's only so many, so many at bats, there's so many innings to pitch. It'd be real easy to, to fight and have that be a problem. But somehow, Jay navigated that man, and and he's gonna. I mean, this year is gonna be the prototype. Everybody who tries to bring in, you know, kind of flip their roster and have all of these different egos to manage, they're gonna look look to to that model and try to figure out how he did and emulate it. Because, man, that is a lot easier said than done. I mean, you you know how this goes to have all those right. apples in one one group and have them all pointing in the same direction. That that to me is is how they won the championship. The best team rarely wins in baseball. It's usually somebody who who has the right chemistry and figures it out. Who gets
1: hot at the end, right, uh, Mark? Who, yeah. Who,
0: yeah. And, and and that's what makes makes this because LSU was the best team all year. They they had a three week stretch and right. Wake Forest moved into the number one spot. But over the you know the course of the year, LSU was the best team, and the best team just doesn't win in baseball. I mean. It, it, something something bites. I mean, look at what Tennessee last year, and Arkansas the year before, and even UCLA the right? year before that. I mean, it's it, it's it, Those are the kinds of things that you have to overcome, and that's what's to me is most impressive about about LSU's title.
1: Now, uh, Mark, we all know Paul Skeens is off the chart. I mean, it, it, it's not even close. It, it's like is he a robot? I mean, yeah, I I call mean, him the machine. Paul I, I, no, no, it, it was like unbelievable. But to me, what I was impressed with, and because you didn't necessarily know this because, you know, the fan base, they go, I don't know about our bullpen or our pitching rotation, where we're at. What I've been thoroughly impressed, and I said this at the beginning, and he was a transfer guy, Thatcher Heard, Talk about what Thatcher Heard was able to accomplish along with Ty Floyd. I mean, uh, Ty Floyd's like setting records. I mean, yeah. he, look, if you'd have told me, Mark, that there's no way if someone would have looked at a crystal ball and would have told you, you know what, is going to be Florida 2 out of 3 and Paul Skeens doesn't even have to pitch. You'd have been yeah. like, I man, you're freaking crazy. What? I mean, yeah. think about that.
0: All right. exactly. And they got better. Right, you know, they went through this stretch. I think we talked after that loss to Mississippi State. That was just rock bottom, man. The the world was ending. LSU couldn't be anybody <laughs> that. at that point, right? And then, but but they stayed the course, and guys got better, and and they worked on things. and They found the right roles to put people in, and as a result, you know, when they needed them, everybody everybody was playing their best ball. I mean, that was the thing about LSU. Even the game they lost to Wake Forest. They didn't really play badly. Wake Forest just, you know, that's a really good team, and they just had the best day. So, so, so when when you're playing your best ball at the right time of the year, gives you a chance, and that's what they did. And you know, they got to the point where it was just, uh, where they needed their pitching staff to pick up the slack because the offense had been good all year, but. You know, that you get in the loser's bracket, and you've got to have those arms to fight through it. And you had people like Ackenhausen, who hadn't started a game all year, it gives them a great start. Uh, Herring comes in, uh, you know, in relief in, in, the, yep. in the other game, gives them a, just a great, eats up a bunch of innings, pitches great. So all those guys that really were, say, inconsistent during the year, yep. they, they turned it on when they were the most needed. And of course, Floyd was just incredible there at the, at the end. I mean, that was one of the best. You know, on, on a team that's seen a lot of great pitching performances. I mean, Paul Skeens is there. I mean, Ford was just so almost unhittable. He was. He
1: made history. All those strikeouts.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was just really, really dominant performance. And when you have those those kinds of guys step up at the right moment, that's when something special happens. And obviously, you, you see you see how it ended.
1: You know, and and Mark, because you know fans are frustrated because when you got ducks on the pond. Runners in scoring position, uh, look, uh, you look all of a sudden, uh, Typhoid uh, throws the gym, and then uh, you left the bases loaded twice. They finished 1 for 12 with runners in scoring position at that time, stranded 17 runners on base, and then you have solo homers. So are you truly confident? But it was amazing, right place, right time. Uh, look, when all said and done, they had stranded 30 runners, going over six with the bases loaded in the, in the first uh, – Two final games. Uh, they were batting 216. Uh, then the second inning happened. And then it was nothing but magic. I thought we were down 2-0. Okay, come on. Uh, I'm like almost pacing. I got to change my shirt. I got to do something. <laughs> and then, then they sent 12 batters to the plate and scored six runs. Through a string of walks and timely hits, it all comes into play. Mm-hmm. After missing chances to score the past seven games. LSU came through over and over with runners on base. I mean, yeah. what better time than to be magical It's like do or die. And then uh, how can you not be with Thompson, um, the shortstop? Yeah. Uh, how can you not cheer for him? Because, you know, you have kids or you have family members and yet, an adverse situation. Oh, you went for 30. Oh, just quit and go do something else. I mm-hmm. loved that. I almost started crying when he got a base hit. I'm like, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, how can you – you could him and torment him even though he's not a pro. He's almost like a pro. But what he did in that final game, that's what you wish your son – or anybody anybody could be able to handle that kind of adversity and not old. Oh, woe was me? I'm giving up. I'm gonna bounce back. I'm gonna make it happen. And he did. Sure. I mean, how, how can you not cheer for him?
0: Showed some toughness, didn't he? Sure did. Yes. And and you know what? What I really really enjoyed about that that whole storyline is you know the fans there in Omaha were just chanting his name, <laughs> right? And, and right. he went from. He went from catching all this grief you know on social media or wherever to to being the the to getting all that support and all that all that love right and he was able to to come through and it just it just makes you feel good you know we see all this negativity through the world, yeah, and then you have something like that happen. And it just, uh, it just gives you, I guess, renewed hope for mankind, so to speak, that, that everybody out there is not this troll on, uh, on the Internet. Right, right. The rest of us are actually pr- pretty decent people, <laughs> and, and and they showed it in, in Omaha the other night with, with how Thompson was treated.
1: Well, uh, you know, Mark, you know what gets to me, too, is like, I mean, I guess everybody has an opinion uh, that I'm going to say, uh, now I'm going to tell you why your opinion's wrong. <laughs> you can sure. have an opinion. Now, are you informed? That's why when people challenge me about football, I mean, you, you, you better slow your roll. Uh, I mean, uh, right. they might say, oh, you don't know what it is. Uh, oh, the quarterback's getting sacked too much. I mean, I got hit by uh, Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White. Well, what are you talking about? Uh, I think I know. Okay, it's so when some fans think they know more than Coach Johnson and how he analyzes everything, I'm like, what? And I said, please don't be an idiot. I mean, right. you have to understand – That he's not doing this out of favoritism or just uh, by a whim. It's all about all of a sudden, Beloso. uh, All of a sudden, okay, are you going to lead off? Are you going against Cagliano, uh, the left handed pitcher? Are you going to be the starting batter? Uh, You you think he just pulled a rabbit out of the hat? Hell no. There's a strategy behind everything. Yeah, he's at practice every day. (laughs) Yeah, right. right. Way better than than the
0: rest of us who are watching from afar, right? So I, I do think that, you know, that, that's been part of the key, you know, for him all year is, is trying to push the right buttons and, and everything is built towards, the, towards having success in the postseason. You know, you try things in the early season, you try things in the mid season, and it's all part of, the, part of the strategy to be at your best at the end of the year. And obviously, you know, the way LSU played these last, really the whole postseason, um, that, that strategy paid off, paid off in spades.
1: Now, uh, Mark, what can you say? Because uh, you look this day and age, it's a a different decade. We're in the 21st century. You look at name, image, and likeness transfer portal. I mean, wouldn't you say that uh, Tommy tanks, Tommy White hit the lottery? Okay, he's leading in home runs the nations at North Carolina State. He comes what uh, the LSU, but has 102 RBIs. I mean, uh, you talk about the pressure. Okay, you're bringing in uh, some guy from the outside. I mean, look at Tommy White. You know, because there's so many players. You look at Dylan Cruz. You look at Paul Skeens. You look all the accolades you can't give him. But how about Tommy Tanks? Uh, you could go on and on. It's like more than one handful, it's like uh, almost two handfuls or one handful plus. But how about Tommy Tanks coming into third base, hot corner, and all of a sudden what you did at Arkansas State. I'm going to LSU. I guarantee you what I love about Tommy White. He uh, took advantage of opportunity, and obviously he's a capitalist. I mean, yeah. I, and I view that as a big plus. Because that was a lot of pressure there. Yeah, a couple
0: thoughts on him. I mean, it, at NC State, he was primarily a DH because they didn't like his defense at third. But I thought he was re- he really right. improved this year. And he played a really a solid third base, and at times better than solid. And, and the other part of that was – you know, hitting in the lineup right next to Cruz, and you know, a lot of times Morgan's in there too. Uh, he had he had some lineup protection, and he saw a lot of good pitches. But he also got to to be with those guys every day and see how a guy like Cruz goes about his business, and and that can only help you, right? You you you, you know, you hang out with eagles, and that's what you're going to be. You hang out right. with buzzards, that's what you're going to be. And, and he got to be able to to hang with these. You know, the, these elite players that go about their business the right way. And that can only help you. And, and that's, that's what you want out of college, right? You, you're right. trying to, to build yourself for, for your future. And, boy, did he make a good decision coming into LSU.
1: Now, Mark, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm just going by, you know, stuff that I read. Uh, but you look at all of a sudden he closed out the game. And you uh, you, you national champs. Gavin Gidry. Now, uh, now, that's a good Cajun name, Gidry. Uh, okay, ex- <laughs> e- explain this to me. My understanding is that all of a sudden he comes to LSU. He wants to hit. He wants to play shortstop. And then, can you help the can you help us out pitching? And then what's the future of him? Because man, he got a mean breaker and all that. And look what he's done. But it's like all of a sudden, Thompson, uh, he's gone. Man, I want to play shortstop. But I want to hit. Well, what's the future for Gavin Guidry, considering that he might be, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he might be letting that Cagliano yeah. or whatever. I don't know. He could pitch sure. and hit or, or play wherever. Well, what's your take on him, considering his future?
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to do both at shortstop. Um, but but right. certainly, he's, he's, he's capable of doing it. It's just so, you know. It's a lot easier at first base because you don't have to make as many throws. and You can even in practice, you can even not throw a lot of times in practice. Shortstop, you got to throw. So so I do think that it's more challenging based on his position, but um, if they can use him, use him wisely, he can certainly help them in both places. Sounds like sounds like he'll be a shortstop first next year with, with an opportunity to help, you know, kind of out of the bullpen, maybe come in and close, that sort of thing. I would look for maybe a – you know, the the third game of the series would be kind of his day, you know, because that way he'd get the next day to, to recover. Um, but, yeah, it looks like he can do both, and, and I, I think they'll give him every opportunity to.
1: Now, uh, Mark, I don't know. You've watched a lot of baseball, um, and he could play multiple positions. Trey Morgan at first base, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to, to me, he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable uh, first baseman. All He can scoop it up. And then the play he made against Wake Forest—he saved a, so many errors. No, no, he saves so many errors, right. scooping it up, and then the instincts with the suicide squeeze, oh. and then all—I yeah. mean, what is your take on Trey Morgan? I, I mean, that's another major leaguer we're looking at.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens with him positionally. Um, first, first base, obviously, he's a difference maker at first base. He does your point, saves a lot of errors. He's, he can go in and get bunts. He can do all really anything you ask. The only difference in the pro game is the, the, the fielders' the throwing is much better. So there's not as big a premium on having that elite defensive first baseman. So right. you, first baseman usually a power spot. you you got to really be able to swing it, and that's where they put the big guy. It's a lot of home runs. And that's not Trey Morgan. So, you know, I, I don't know if he ends up, ends up at first base or they move him out in the outfield. I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. But, boy, he he gives you a lot of versatility. I think he could probably play multiple positions and, and be able to help you in a lot of different ways.
1: Now, uh, Mark, help me out here uh, because I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this championship considering that adversity and where they came from and expectation and all that. And I don't know if you're old enough. Uh, they'll look at 91, 93, 96, 97, 2000, mm-hmm. 2009. Championships now 7th national championship by the LSU Fighting Tigers, and I said, strictly, from an LSU perspective, and baseball championship, to me, this is the greatest championship. Listen, nothing against Skip Bourbon and Pulmonary, but I think this is the greatest championship ever, what LSU accomplished considering where they came from, and who they had to go through to get here, and to win it all. Is that far-fetched? It has to be in the argument, right?
0: Yeah, I- I don't think you're far off. I really don't. I, I think today's world it's tougher to win a, a national title just because there's so many other players and so many other uh, you know programs that are competing for it. You know, Skip did great, but there there weren't that many you know elite programs for him to him to get past, or at least not as many as today. Where you know now you look at the. You know, like we, like we opened the conversation with, there's so many different programs that can win it eight to ten easily right? every year. And then there's always this surprise team that pop. up, like Wake Forest was this year. That's capable kind of, of winning it. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, it's tougher to win it. And I think the star power on this team, when we, when we get some space from this or look back on it, you know, five, ten years from now, you look at it and Cruz and Paul Schemes and, you know, some of the other guys we talked about, that's going to stack up with, with really anybody you, you want to. That you want to compare him against
1: SEC writer for D one baseball, Mark Etheridge. Always appreciate the time. And real quick, seeing that uh, Chase Burns, his name has entered the transfer portal. Any chance that the LSU Tigers rub a little salt in the Tennessee Volunteers' wounds <laughs> even more? There. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly
0: everybody, everyone in the country is going to make a play for Burns. I mean, he's he'd be like pulling in skins again. I mean, everybody wants him. He's he's electric. He threw, I saw him in Hattiesburg He threw a hundred and two. And in multiple pitches, I mean, he's he, he's what you want. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. No,
1: we, we need to bring him to LSU, all, all you personal injury lawyers and all that. Get him on billboards and pay him the, to come to Baton Rouge. Come on. we all capitalists. Come on. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Mark, appreciate the time. Welcome back home, I'm sure. And uh, enjoy a little bit of downtime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take care, guys.